Gary brought it. I couldn't believe it. Power Lad would never have ratted me out like that. Is that true, Carrie? Did you bring marijuana into this house? There comes a time in everyone's life when you have to take responsibility for yourself. A time when I, like Jenny Breyer, had to stand up and say to the world, Today, I am a woman. Yes, Mrs. Adams. I brought the marijuana into the house. And I'm taking it with me when I go. Hot child in the city. Welcome back to the Miranda's podcast, everyone. Welcome, everybody. We have season three, episode 15, Hot Child in the City. And we have a hot woman who lives in the city with us as a guest today, (laughs) Miss Zoe. Thanks for being with us, Zoe. So excited to be here. I'm a longtime fan, and I'm so excited for my debut on the pod. You're so thrilled. Zoe's been listening since the beginning. You're a beginning fan, and I've also known Zoe for a long time. We've known each other since probably kindergarten. Yeah. So she's known Sarah as a sexual being since the beginning. So. (laughs) (laughs) The whole trajectory. And so. She's um, proud. But I became closer (laughs) friends with Zoe because Zoe and Heather have been very close friends for a long time. Um, so a meeting of the the close friends, little eight. That's Heather's little HP. Yeah, if you're still like new to the podcast, again, Heather is from the farting episode of the pod. <laughs> Just a little infamous. Her re- husband refresher, is no our, pun intended. Her husband is our resident mathematician, statistician, <laughs> go to science, data scientist, any math, just <laughs> geometrist. Um, He's like kind of like our resident local Pythagoras. He's a yeah, I, I loved it the other night when I was like, Jason, like, I really need to ask you about this. Like, we're trying to figure out, like, the new measurement for dick size. Like, it's not about length. <laughs> the we new need to figure one. out girth. And I love it. He's like, that would be the diameter. <laughs> 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 and I was like, Gilly, we're so fucking stupid. We were saying the circumference the whole time. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but isn't, okay, I'm not going to do, is circ- isn't circumference pi times the diameter? Gilly, that doesn't matter. I just think the <laughs> circumference is just the, the ring outside. You know what? Here's the thing. And Zoe, you're here for that. You hear this now. <laughs> Zoe's like, I want to get off on this podcast. podcast. <laughs> no. No, I'm actually we're, realizing how we, bad my memory is. <laughs> where we, I know, where we need to like go back. I was listening to the podcast um, the other, our episode the other day, and I mentioned something about some like global trade agreement, NAFTA. I have no fucking idea if China was even involved in that. And somehow I loosely <laughs> connected. I remember it was, right? And I, and then I'm thinking like, I was like only 40% sure about what I was saying, but I say it with such confidence. I don't know if what Meanwhile, I our podcast is blocked convention. in yeah. China, so it's fine. <laughs> we just lost that whole listening base. I know. They're, they're like, we were not in NAFTA. I, mean, I don't know. I think NAFTA was like Mexico. I don't know. It's Mexico and Canada. <laughs> it's Mexico and Canada. North American free trade agreement. <laughs> Here I am. And I was like, I, I think it was NAFTA post 9-11. And then Hank is so sweet. He's like, yeah, I think so. So sometimes I listen. And so when we said the circumference, I was like, dear God, so we need Jason and, and more people. With basic, I think we just you know, need like replacements yeah. on this podcast. <laughs> I think we just impossible. Need we smart, need <laughs> educated people doing this. 
We all have our strengths. We all have know? our strengths. All, all um, our strengths are being like the, dumped by fuck boys in New York City when we were like 23. <laughs> I know. It's all And anecdotal. now regaling the story. Exactly. exactly. We have such a great episode in front of us. And um, but before we get into it, Zoe, we always ask people who they are and which character oh, yeah. do you most identify with. And I know no one is just one, but yeah. like, who do you most identify with? I feel like this answer has changed over time. I know I'm not going to be the one to give a straight, I'm not going to be the one to give a straightforward answer, of course. But I think when I was younger and for a large majority of my time watching the show, I wanted that main character energy. Of course. Harry, you know, it's yes. superficial and yep. sort of on the surface, but I just couldn't see past it, I guess, for a large portion of time. But I yes. will say she has some positives where she's sort of the connector of the friend group. She is mm. all of their like maid of honors. And, yeah. you know, she's she is there for them. Oftentimes she then twists it and makes it about herself, yeah. which I'm now very acutely aware of. And I hope I don't do that with my <laughs> girlfriends. But so I think that, you know, I am a Carrie in some level. But then I'd also say a, a Miranda. Yeah. You know, work is hugely important <sighs> to me in my life. Yes. Speak my mind. You know, so a good, a good combo. I think when I was younger, maybe a little Charlotte. Yeah, oh, yeah. I was if like you grew up in Girls Point. You had a little bit exactly. Love you it. know, I wore the cardigans and the pearls at one point in my Love life, it. so Charlotte was there. But I'm trying to weave a little more Samantha in my life here and there now. So now <laughs> I am too. Yeah, I think and like I I I think um, we talked about like the the hypersexualization of Samantha as yeah. being like. You wouldn't want to be called that at a certain time in your life. Right. Um, but now you you get that why Samantha was such like an empowering mm-hmm. character. But I think that's great that you're you're, you're taking a little bit of all of them. Mm-hmm. Love I know. that. I'm trying to learn, you know, take the good, leave the bad. But I mean, know, la- last week, bad. Hank said he was skipper. So you, we can all <laughs> be whatever we want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> squirrel. Um, squirrel. He's squirrel. <laughs> He's a girl. Um, yes. Um, what Harry Potter house are you in before we forget? Oh, Ooh, I think I am. I am Gryffindor. Mm. I know. I feel like it's so silly when people say that all the tests that said Gryffindor <laughs> and a little Ravenclaw. Love it. I love it. You're like all the all the tests, all the BuzzFeed, all, the, all those very official testicles, tests. listicles. <laughs> well, I remember this summer when we were at the Cape, we all took the yeah. took it and it. So it showed the certain percentages of the houses that we were each in. And I think I was Gryffindor and Ravenclaw mostly I, but I with see some that. Slytherin. Yeah, but and and Slytherin, I think, and we talk about this because I people kept saying I was a Slytherin in college, and I felt kind of offended by that. I feel like I you thought, said that too, though. You know what? No, no, I would never have self-referenced. Sarah that. said it in like a very self-protective way. First off, I would never self-reference as a Slytherin. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't even finish the books. I don't even know. <laughs> no. I, regardless, um, great. I totally see Gryffindor and Ravenclaw, and be proud of that. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Smart Thank leader. You creative i'm in zoe's apartment now and it should be on apartment therapy this is the most nicely beautifully decorated place i've ever seen literally the nicest thing you could ever say to me (laughs) (laughs) no i'm being serious every time i walk in this is needs to be um it needs to be on the gram okay so we now know you are a mix of the characters and a Gryffindor Ravenclaw. And um, what was your relationship to Sex and City growing up? And did you watch and just like that? Oh, yeah. I was obsessed with Sex and the City growing up. I think there was something about growing up in a very conservative, waspy, suburban town 
Sarah and I grew up together, so she gets this, where it was ultimate escapism for a young girl growing up. And I think I always knew that that was not going to be the place that I settled down or where I felt most comfortable. So seeing New York City and these empowered, independent women just doing their thing was like my end all be all. Of course, it, you know, there are problematic things in the show that, you know, not every 12 year old should be trying to emulate. And it's funny that this show sort of pulls out some of that in a mm-hmm. way. Um, but it was, yeah, total escapism and sort of, and here I am living in New York City, sort of living out my version of sex in the city, I guess. I mean, but every time you're at a girl's dinner, you you get the second yes, lady vibe. Yes, you, you can't do. help but feel like the ladies. So true. Yes. Yeah. But big fan, would watch it over and over. I've probably seen every episode a trillion times. Yeah. So, yeah. And then just like that, you watched. Oh, yeah. It was a big thing to watch in college. It was. And like, even then it was like we were rewatching it, right? Because mm-hmm. it had come out years before. And I even remember when it first came out, I was an only child. I feel like my parents didn't really know where to draw boundaries, but like Sex and the City was a boundary that they drew. Yeah. So you go over to your friend's houses <laughs> yeah. who maybe have older brothers and sisters. Yeah. Their parents are like, whatever, <laughs> yeah. whatever. And I would just binge it with yeah. my friends and just be, you know. Like, this is where I want to go one day. <laughs> there was so much to learn. And yet the more I learned, the more questions I had. And um, mm. yeah. And then once, you know, like I feel like in college when like some of the more tropey characters were coming like up with like people that they slept with, it was like beco- becoming even like more like relatable and funny. And um Yeah. I don't know. Great. Again, like we do this freaking a podcast every week. So not reinventing the wheel here, but clearly we love it. I know the show. It really is a, a super feel good show. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. And I think because for a lot of us, you know, having girlfriends in our life is just so important. And this show really does celebrate that in both good and yes. negative ways. But at the heart of the show are the friendships. Yes. Um. Should we just start it now? Do a summary? Yeah, get get your famous recap going. <laughs> All right. So are you this ready? Is Hot Child in the City. <laughs> are you ready? I say that to my students all the time. Um, I was like, everyone has to give me a thumbs up. So, um, yeah, this episode, you see the girls kind of take a trip back in time and rediscover kind of their teenage selves in a lot of different yes. ways. So Carrie in this episode starts seeing a comic book store owner Mm. and gets to completely indulge in all of the like fun parts about being a teen. Lack of responsibility, living in a beautiful house you don't pay for. This guy lives in the beautiful Upper East Side apartment um, and they have a really hilarious run in with his parents. And you kind of watch Carrie take on this like teenage version of herself and Miranda in this episode has the ultimate preteen teenage experience and gets braces, which everyone can relate to. But I think it's a certain kind of, you know, experience to have them as a 34 year old woman experiencing something that I was going to say no one relates to that moment. (laughs) No, not at all. Um, uh, Samantha in this episode relates to her teenage self by seeing a. 14-year-old. They're 13-year-old. He's hosting a bat, bat mitzvah. Thir- 13. Yes, 13-year-old. Mm-hmm. And seeing how fast some of these kids are. And Samantha is somewhat envious of all the things these these teens have and then realizes she was really lucky because she had a childhood and these kids kind of didn't. And Charlotte in this episode kind of experiences 
the teenage issues with a boy and masturbating. I'm trying to connect it to like teenage youth. Yeah. Like all I can say is jugs, you know, like a horny dude (laughs) masturbating in a bathroom. Like what's more teenage than that? All I can say is Um, hydraulic cylinders placed in your (laughs) shaft. (laughs) Printed out. (laughs) I love it. Um, So it's a fantastic episode and there's lots of references to um, like your teenage self and this episode really leans into this kind of like theme in this episode. Um, yes. Which the past episodes haven't. So it was nice yes. to see that again. I think I'm just going to start off the right off the bat. This is one of the best Charlotte arcs or like Charlotte episodes, truly. And I, I, I think, mm-hmm. man, I have lots of questions actually for you guys when we get there. But um. Zoe, I would love to hear what an episode. What an episode. Zoe, I would love to hear your, you know, cold reading. And and why did you choose this episode? Because you specifically asked to come on for Hot Child in the City. I think I suggested. This okay, one. never mind. You suggested, <laughs> but I think anything in season three, I'm game for. Yeah. I mean, anything ever. I was just excited to be on. <laughs> but I think this one, I mean, there's so much to pull apart, and it is such a strong theme throughout the episode. I think sometimes it's a little bit of a thinner thread, and this one was pretty in your face. But I mean, one reaction I had coming out of this was, and, you know, watching it a little more in depth this time was a greater respect for Charlotte and what oh. she went through with Trey. Yes. I think oh my sometimes God. Yes. the show kind of cast it aside as, oh, they broke up because they couldn't have sex. Oh. It's like, no, he, he genuinely chose his ego and his self-perception yeah. over acknowledging it and looking yeah. at their problems and and giving their marriage a real shot and he yeah. says oh I don't deserve you and it's like yeah. yeah he doesn't it was just I don't know I found I was like really I don't yeah. know impacted by that uh, yeah time around <laughs> it was a powerful episode I think yeah. it, it was and I like that they brought like a lightness and a levity and kind of like a humor to the situation but it's a right. fact is like Sexual dysfunction happens in a lot of relationships. Yes. Yeah. It's something that like, and in and, and Charlotte, actually, there's a quote in this episode that she said, um, when Trey, they're at the couples therapist, the couples therapist was fucking hilarious. Oh, so many my God. Insane couples therapist. <laughs> and um, just to kind of bring the audience in a little bit. The, you know, Charlotte prints out this um, uh, uh, a, a penile implant to help like create an <laughs> erection for Trey. And Trey is very put off by it. Like, yes. absolutely not. They end up going to a sex therapist. Yes. And when the sex therapist and couples counseling and, and yeah. is talking with Charlotte and Trey, couples counselor, yes. Um, Charlotte says she wished they were 13 again, 13 again before sex had made everything so complicated when just holding hands and a good night kiss would have been everything she needed. Mm. And you realize, like, as you get older, like, Sex does complicate things and it's a real part of a relationship. And so many couples go through issues yes. with sex. Yes. And you really yeah. do relate to Charlotte trying and you yes. see it, how much she wants it and feels almost there's some shame in wanting it. And then right. the dysfunction and the communication. So I thought the episode did a really great job kind of zoning in on what I think some couples go through. I totally agree. Yeah. I totally agree. I, I think I would love to actually, since we're here, just go into Charlotte's and and Trey's for that matter, their plot line. Because um I to be honest, I have been like Trey in, you know, past relationships sometimes where especially with SSRIs, where I'm I am the one that 
feels like frustrated or defeated with not being able to like match or meet my like partner's sexual needs and it's so hard and I think I looked at this episode because mm-hmm. I haven't seen this episode in a really long time with a completely new insight which as you said Zoe it you know I think when we were younger we didn't really know as much about kind of the complexity of the issue it was kind of more like laughable like lol like Charlotte's mm-hmm. guy can't get it up <laughs> but like right we watch him struggle with his pride he's embarrassed I thought it was interesting. <laughs> Sarah, you mentioned that there was like the therapist was really funny. I love that he's like s- suggesting that they use non-threatening language to talk about sex, which I think is good. <laughs> but then he goes. Chocolate starfish. Yeah, he goes. Yeah, one <laughs> client whimsically claimed his anus to be the chocolate starfish. <laughs> Trey's like, are you sure you went to Yale? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I feel like a therapist shouldn't be mocking this, you know, what is fucking hilarious. <laughs> With some clients, I found it often helps to create your own non-threatening language with which to talk about sex. I'm not sure that I understand. Well, for example, one client rather whimsically dubbed his anus the chocolate starfish. <laughs> Are you quite sure you went to Yale? The chocolate starfish. <laughs> so good. Oh, yeah. yeah, I think that the... the um, uh, the the dynamic between Charlotte and Trey was really fascinating to watch because you just see Trey has so much pride and he has so much ego in this, which I which makes sense. Like imagine if you're a guy, you yeah. have this beautiful wife, this beautiful life, and you can't get it up, or even a person. But I, what, oh, like any yeah. gender. Yeah. But then like when they were, yeah, no, I totally agree. And then when they were at home, sort of doing the thing that the mm-hmm. therapist recommended, sort of talking about a sexual fantasy, but mm-hmm. using the non-sexualized yeah. <laughs> nouns <laughs> in there. And sh- we can talk about Charlotte's fantasy because that was slow <laughs> something to go into, fairy princess fantasy. But then his reaction is not to sort of meet her there and like attempt to get into it for even a moment. He just goes, I'm in hell. Yes. I'm a respected daughter, or doctor. Yeah. yeah. I can't do this. Yeah. And then gets all, gets up. And yeah. He's like, that just broke my heart. I so know. it's one thing to like, I know. you know, to have, to She's just trying. be in that situation, but then to not try was what was so heartbreaking. For okay. Me. Can you just mention what her fantasy was? Because it was beyond <laughs> hard to listen to. <laughs> it, I, I don't even know. I'm a begin, fairy princess. But- I'm in the woods. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I know that yeah. in this forest riding a unicorn and you're a pirate coming up or like a yeah, something. A pirate. Kind of. Oh, I think it was the pirate. And then <laughs> he, you know, gets off his horse and rips her clothes off. I and inserts his schooner deep into her, Rebecca. <laughs> and I love how she ends it. And she's like, and that's that. Schooner. And right. <laughs> Exactly. I think that was my innocent Charlotte call out. I just want a nice, sweet, handsome, funny, great guy who doesn't say things like sweet lips. Is that too much to ask? Oh, that's great. Was that fantasy? But you know what? Like, I I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, I would love to know, like, kind of what a male's perspective on how Charlotte handled the situation um, cause I thought she was very mm. like kind and, um, really like supportive. And, um, I, and, yeah. I mean, when just throughout all that, when she had then, you know, he wouldn't meet her where she was at or mm. like sort of 
engage in the therapist's recommendations and then find some jerking off. <gasps> I think she handled that so well. I would have Me lost too. my mind. Yeah. And I am just yeah. being honest about who oh, absolutely. I am. And I, like, just to fill the... met it with yeah. a certain amount of level levity and was like seeing the the positive in it, that it wasn't a physical issue. Of course, then you have to deal with the emotional. I mean, I, but I would have lost it. I love what the therapist says where he's like, well, it's good, these jugs. At least we know he's not gay. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was such a ridiculous <laughs> But that's actually my, that's that's actually my ancient scroll for this episode, which Interesting. is a porno magazine. <gasps> yes. Same. Oh, a yeah. paper Right. Dirty mag. That's Porn funny. Jugs. Yep. Dirty mag with just like picture after picture after picture. Yeah. You know, large breasts. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And her face was so great when she walks in. Yeah. <laughs> just so yeah. shocked. I know. Kristen Davis with the facial expressions. So you're so right because I literally, uh, until like na- this time I've watched it, I've seen this episode a million times. I didn't feel the anger that Charlotte had until now, which is. This whole time in therapy, he's been saying, I'm just not a sexual person, and you have to accept that. And he keeps, and she finds out he is, but he keeps calling it like tension release, which I thought was kind of funny. Um, Yeah. And well, it actually brings me to a question for you guys. Would I love to Mm. know what you guys think? So if you were in Charlotte's situation, you still haven't had sex. And you're newlywed. And there is this looming erectile dysfunction issue that we're not entirely sure is the exact diagnosis, but might be the diagnosis. And and let's say you're going to couples counseling. What would you do to approach the situation with Trey? Um, kind of. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's so tough. So tough. Probably the similar path as Charlotte in which like Mm -hmm. you do the Google research. I would be mad online, like looking up everything, going crazy. Um, Probably the couple therapist, sex therapist. I think that's always helpful. Um, And then honestly, maybe suggest Viagra, like a medic. Yes, absolutely. Because Viagra has been mentioned on the show. It's already been out. It's been used by Samantha. Samantha. Yeah. Right. And me. Yeah, and I feel like <laughs> IRL. Yeah, right. Like we've talked about this. <laughs> so I think I would approach it from a both like very like a medical lens, but mm. I, it would be really hard not to take it to be a, to not take it offensively, to not take it personally. Yeah. Especially I, if he was masturbating. I would struggle with it for sure. I think I'm just someone who like sex in a relationship. Yeah. I, you know, you want to be just the, the, eye of desire, yeah. you know, the, yeah. what you, what you want to turn on your, your partner or husband. And I think it would be really hard for me. I would, I would love to have a thicker skin, but I would struggle with it. But I think what was interesting that they didn't go into in the series and maybe it would just have made Charlotte too on Charlotte, but we see this mm. once in a while is I would have looked to my friend, Samantha yes. and like, take me to agent provocateur yeah. and tell me some things like, yeah. let's get a fantasy going here. Yeah. And at least try that route too, even while not betraying yourself, just sort of mm-hmm. forcing yourself to explore this other sexual sexual side. Hopefully yeah. find it and like see if we can sort of go that route. But I mean, Trey clearly has so many issues that I don't think it would yeah. have helped ultimately. But yeah. that's something else that I would have explored. Yeah. And we, we see this in an upcoming episode with Charlotte attempting with the lingerie to make him not see her as like the Madonna whore. Yeah, that's, yes. true. that's true. Um, but but Gilly, what, what would you do? 
How would you approach oh, it? Oh, man. I don't know. I, I, honestly, I think I don't I, I, I honestly don't know. I think couples counseling is the way to go. And I think mm-hmm. I don't know this. This might not be the right answer, but I think like trying to increase the frequency of a Temps of sex or at least the frequency of like relaxation time um like really allotting a lot of time to relax whether it's like sexually active or not um so that it over time like can like i don't know like get people in like a calmer state and i think talking about it as much mm-hmm. as possible because i think a lot of the re- like i feel like a lot of trace issues are like things that are kind of buried so i feel like kind of unbearing those things might be my attempt Rebecca Rebecca why on earth would you because it sounds nice and I've always liked the name now you name yours oh this is preposterous something with positive associations well Trey loves to sail don't you Trey yeah that's true I do love to sail so how about something like canoe canoe it actually brings me to another question on this topic uh charlotte names her vagina rebecca and uh she suggests canoe but trey says canoe doesn't go with rebecca canoe doesn't go with rebecca and so he names his penis schooner which I looked up, then it's a noun, obviously, a sailing ship with two or more masts, typically with the foremost smaller than the ma- main mast and having, okay, whatever. My question is, if you were put on the spot, as in right now, what would you name your vagina, Zoe and Sarah? Whoa. Whoa. This is one of those ones we didn't ask you before. Yeah. Oh my God. <sighs> All right. I'm looking at a La, La Croix. It's called Cherry Blossom. And, and it may be even the, the, the chocolate starfish. <laughs> kind okay. of an amazing answer. <laughs> Cherry Blossom. No, I, I, I'd have to really think about this one. I tend to lean funny with most things. Yeah. yeah. And it's. I think it's hard for me if I'm not in like a sexual state of mind to like yeah. think about that. But yeah, um, Gilly, I feel like you have an answer. Well, I just came up with it. And it's either <laughs> calendula or... Wow. <laughs> or <laughs> or chamomile. And I thought chamomile was kind of cute. <laughs> I think chamomile is so soothing so, and adorable, we but can't, so different than the first one that you yeah, said. We, we can't slut shame you right now or sex shame you. No. We just have to be supportive of chamomile and calendula. <laughs> whatever they are. Um, chamomile, I kind of love. I just feel like chamomile is like kind of cute. It puts you to sleep. <laughs> it's very, it's like, can I fuck your chamomile? That's sweet. Yeah, that's so funny. Give cherry blossom and chamomile. <laughs> yeah, and it's only because I'm drinking that can right now. I I, I'd really have to think of this. And this is probably Same. one of those like things next week on the episode. I'll be like, I have an no actual idea. Tonight. I know one, one that I've always loved just in terms of like <laughs> vagina euphemisms that a friend of mine used to use was um, Yoni. Oh, Yoni. Yoni. And it's it's a, I think one. it's Italian. That's I a good one. A nice one. Yoni. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, my, my gosh. gosh. But oh. Rebecca's like biblical. It was just a weird <laughs> choice. I gotta <laughs> say, like let's let's make this as unsexual. I, know, I love how Trey's like Rebecca. He's even he Trey is like not like that supportive. Rebecca, of it. Rebecca? Yeah. yeah, kind of. Horrifying. Oh my god! But I um. So the 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 kind of the 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 
the climax for lack of a better word with this plot point <laughs> is right with um charlotte kind of the therapist saying like well how can you integrate yourself into mm. trey's sex life mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so you see her kind of think to herself and then you see trey like jacking off and he's turning the page and it's her wedding photos <laughs> on top of these women with big jugs and i and dakota and i are watching this together and he noted like the camera then goes to her in bed, like up reading a book, listening. I thought that was odd. Right. There was, was so real nightly occurrence where you're yeah. hearing him grunting. All yeah. day she was so satisfied <laughs> though. She was so yeah, satisfied too. Perfectly happy. Um, I love okay, the so disproportion you, of her wedding yeah. photos to like to the giant. The, yeah, yeah. Yeah. She's in a veil and everything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I kind of like that she did it. I, she's the thing about Charlotte is she's so hopeful. She's yeah. one of those characters that is so goddamn hopeful yeah. that things are going to be okay. Yeah, and I really like that quality yeah. in her because I think that could have just like completely ruined her. Like that could have been a fight for weeks. Yeah, you know, oh. if you a hundred percent, that could have been World War Three. And I think she was just so graceful. Yeah, how she approached something really kind of awkward. Yeah, and I think that is a testament to like her her character. Completely. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I once had I'll just give a little side anecdote. Love it. Boyfriend that I lived with at the time walk out of the bathroom with his laptop once, and I lost my mind. <laughs> no. <laughs> No. It was just like, come on, dude. <laughs> like, oh, that's bad. And discreet. Not even the phone, the laptop. <laughs> the laptop. Was it closed or At open? At least get a magazine. <laughs> At least get jugs. It was, it was closed, but, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I... It's like, you make me sick. Oh, oh my God. I'll bleep it out. Oh, no. Always always bleep out. Oh, my God. I was just like, you know, when you're like young and you're, yeah, there was just no reason for it other than like his own issues. And I just couldn't. I didn't take a Charlotte approach of like, oh, let's work through this. I was just like, you are just so selfish. Yes. <laughs> right. Well, like, yeah. I feel something. But like now with Corey, it's like, I would laugh if I saw Jugs magazine. I'd be like, you know what? I get it. Like, I would love it. I'd yeah. be like, you are so cute. Cassie, you know, every sexual fantasy for our partner. And yeah. I would be like, you know what? You get it. <laughs> it might be Gumming. hard if I, I'm curious if I found something that was like completely not me. Like what if it was yeah. like, you know, tall Amazonian, like, like mm. tan, blonde, giant ass, something like, like basically like me, but like the opposite of me. Like, you know mm. what I mean? Like I've got the tall, but like, and I'm curious if you saw your partner watching that porn, I maybe it would be a little like, like someone who just looks way like, better than you. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much like that's just a hot chick. I feel like maybe they see me, you know, I'm, they see that when they look at me. So I yeah, remember exactly. in college, this is association, but you know, I was dating in college yeah. and so much goddamn porn oh. and that that was in the time where people like didn't erase histories and so oh, I'd like yeah. go on his laptop no. histories up you didn't delete it but I remember as a gift once I got him a massage okay it was a nice gift and then when I went back and I was on his computer later and like sometimes I this is bad I would look at his history too. psycho <laughs> girlfriend and it was Love all it. like massage porn and I was like well I guess I paid for a good massage <laughs> no it was no. all but it was really funny because he it was, wished more came out of that massage yeah, but it was or always maybe, like 
big busty blonde, big busty <gasps> redhead. So you know, I was like, well, I have big oh, boobs right? and I yeah, have like reddish blonde hair. So, but no, but I remember thinking it was so fun. I was like, oh, typical. I buy you this massage and you're trying to like, you know, get off to it. Well, but. maybe he did get a happy ending. <laughs> he probably oh. did. You never um, know. <laughs> yeah, porn is really. I when I was younger, I was very judgmental about guys Same. watching it, and I think I was at that place with that. With that boyfriend at the Almost time, feeling too, like it felt cheating in a way or completely, right? which, which I now don't agree with at all. No, not at all. It's another form of sexual expression. And yeah, yeah. I don't think it's bad. I think my concern is like, I still am a little, I tread lightly when it comes to that topic with guys mm-hmm. I date because I just want to make sure it's not like overused and there's like a lot of over desensitization and. You know, yeah, or violence. Porn addiction is real. Yeah, exactly. Like I, you know, it's it's just making sure everything's kind of like in check is what I want to make sure is every like okay, right? And it's not replacing our sex life. Yeah, you know, that yes, it's sort of an extracurricular yeah. <laughs> to the main. Yeah, yeah, yes, but, um, exactly. I think. Mm-hmm. I think the the Jugs magazine was just so like if you like it was just such an old school porn magazine. Yeah, it was so yeah, g- yeah, great, great ancient scroll. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but I think you know what we're gonna see where this goes with them because you know this sexual kind of dysfunction continues. Yeah, and it gets complicated with them. So this is kind of just the beginning, and I think this is indicative of how relationships are and which issues kind of ebb and flow. And sex is a really common fight with couples. I think it's like sex, time, and money of the top mm, three totally. things. Yes. And I think everyone can be like, yeah, I will, we'll have a fight about one of those things yeah. sometimes. Whether it's money, time, Just sex. Yeah. On rotation. On yeah. rotation. Um, all right. We have so many great other plot lines to talk about. So many. Do we want to talk about Miranda's braces quickly or do we want to talk about like the youthfulness in this episode that's such a throwback I kind of want to get into the bod mitzvah youthfulness. I want it all, I want it now, and I want you to get it for me. After firing her last two publicists, Jenny Breyer, the daughter of a wealthy New York restaurateur, had decided that Samantha would be taking over the PR for her upcoming party. I want Vanity Fair, Carson Daly, people, teen people, and style, and sing. Jenny, sweetie, don't take this the wrong way, but how old are you? Hello, it's my bat mitzvah party. I'm 13. You're 13 years old? Duh. And what are you, like 45? And just like that, the meeting was officially over. Yeah, youthfulness. All right. Well, great starring Kat Dennings. I looked oh, this up. Love she Kat was Dennings. actually 14 at this time. I can't believe. Wow. Yeah. I, I thought to myself, there's no way that that mm-hmm. actress is 13. Not 13, but still, I thought she was 17, 18. Yeah. And so, um, Jenny, now, yeah. Billy, you... You're from New York City. I think like I've never been to a bat mitzvah that wasn't common where we grew up. I think you've been to one in one. India's. Yeah. Right. And like that was probably the only person in Gross Point. So did you grow up going to bat mitzvahs where there was like and you were also around like wealthy people who had like extreme things. Oh. So give us a little insight. Oh, mm-hmm. I will. So I was going to say so Jenny Breyer is uh, Kat Jennings plays Jenny Breyer and her dad is like a restaurant tour. And um, my note is that these bod mitzvahs take me back to the day like when I was 13, 14, because they were like crazy ones. And there was one that I remember that they had the cast of Hairspray 
like perform a number at. <laughs> and oh my God. at the same one, everyone got a monogrammed LL Bean tote bag with their name on it. That's nice. And it was like expensive. Hundreds of people. Pink for girls, blue for boys. Ancient scroll. <laughs> yeah. I still have mine. Sarah, I'm pretty sure you've seen me like use it. Oh, wow. I, I, yeah. Yeah. And Good quality. Yeah. Good investment. And I was very like innocent. I would say a late bloomer. So I wasn't like one of the people that like really like danced or kissed boys at those things but people were definitely active I would say at those things it's interesting to think about like 13 year olds and 14 year olds and that I remember being that age and this always happens you feel so much older than you are yeah it's like a 32 year old and especially because I work with 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 children I see them in school and 13 year olds are babies they are they are babies so 18 year olds are young. babies. 20-year-olds are babies. 13-year-olds. And I think back to like some of the stuff you're exposed to when you're younger and how quickly you can grow up, particularly when it comes to like sex and relationships. And, um, you know, I was definitely a later bloomer. Like I I got my period later. I developed physically later. But but I I remember like I I made out with people in like seventh grade, but I I didn't ever feel like I – I don't know. I never felt like I was in that crowd, like the cooler crowd mm. in middle school. You were in the cool crowd. I need different <laughs> You were in the cool crowd. <laughs> so it was always cool. Nice cool, though. Kind, I was, kind cool. I was, yeah, I was not a mean girl. No, I hope never. I wasn't. No, you never were. I definitely, I was an early bloomer. Um, got, you know, my period very early, had boobs, probably the earliest out of any of my friends. So <laughs> you and Heather. Here comes a certain level of responsibility. No, okay. <laughs> oh it, it changes kind of your, your self perception. I mean, I went through a phase where it was like, I was wearing the tightest sports bras possible. You want to hide it. Cause you know, any sense of difference when you're younger is terrifying. And then once you got to sixth and seventh grade, I was then like embracing them because it was you got all this positive feedback from the yeah. boys. I mean, there's a lot of that in this episode as well. So mm-hmm. like, so I was definitely an early bloomer in all things. I was, you know, not afraid. I I smoked and drank very early. Definitely had sexual experiences on the earlier side, while still not the earliest. You know, and I and I definitely don't have a single regret. No, on anything I did, but it was it was absolutely earlier on. But it it made me. I think then a more responsible person in in college because I had had all these experiences in middle school and high school. Um, That makes sense. Yeah, it was interesting. And I think also growing up in, I mean, this is true of city kids and suburban, but I think in suburban where you're just kind of bored. And I found myself being bored at a very young age and just kind of being like, I'd rather grow up and like, yeah, experience these things. But you know, I remember thinking you were very mature. Thank you. Yeah, you and Heather. <laughs> I was like, I'm a loser. <laughs> like, because, yeah, no, you guys really. And I remember, actually, I remember this one time in middle school. It was like eighth grade and we were all meeting up in the village. And I think it was India. And I think she had a cigarette. And it was so funny because I had gotten, I think I told you this before. Mm-hmm. It's a funny story. Mm-hmm. I had gotten off eBay, this perfume. And speaking of buying things from China, um, I was completely duped by the size. So I thought I bought like a full size thing. It was like this teeny. This is about the time like you just trusted images online. Like I didn't even read the ounces. And I remember India had smoked a cigarette. And so she's like, who has perfume? And I had this like teeny bottle I'd spent so much on. And she's like, (laughs) 
<laughs> like shaking it all Doused over. It all over like, her body. Yeah, right. But I remember thinking, like, well, you're cool, so I think you should take, <laughs> take all my perfume. <laughs> but no, but you, but you were always kind, and we know, like, the like this girl and this felt like a mean girl. Yeah, and everyone remembers those girls. They were like just awful. Yeah, there's no excuse but, for that. Deeply insecure. Yeah. Right. It made me sad to watch like this uh, Jenny Breyer character is such a like avid reader of Carrie's column because she's like, quote unquote, it's like, it's just like my life or I was like just dealing with the same things. And it really like it was sad. It made me sad. And I think and I think that's like the whole like arc with uh, Samantha is that she, you know, it's she realized she had a childhood or whatever. I'm gonna totally fuck at least three of those five and sync guys after the after party. And I heard the other two are gay. So I'd fuck them, I'd fuck them and their gay boyfriends. Ladies, aren't you a little young for that kind of talk? <laughs> oh, I'm serious. You have your whole lives to talk that way. You should enjoy being children. At least until you turn 15 and start having sex. Please. I've been giving blowjobs since I'm 12. Really? It's the only way to get guys to like you. Oh, honey, that isn't true. Oh, talk to the hand, Grandma. Samantha had been resenting Jenny Breyer all this time because of everything she had. But then Samantha realized she'd had something that no amount of money could buy. A childhood. And suddenly, the Dairy Queen wasn't looking so bad. But it, they did look like women. Um, but it also, like, for me, it was really funny. <laughs> I laughed out loud when one of the girls <laughs> looks at Miranda with her braces. And it, oh, yeah. And, <laughs> and she's like, oh, my God, you have the old fashioned kind. I didn't even know they made those anymore. <laughs> And Miranda goes, and she's like, "Oh, I love them. They blo- they're actually sapphire." And her teeth are like glistening <laughs> yeah. and beautiful. And Miranda's are, like clunky. It's still a mouthful of metal. Though, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How different are we talking? <laughs> it, it was so cute that like you were you could see the thirteen year old in Miranda in that moment. And we talk about this a lot on the podcast that even when you're like thirty two, thirty four you still have that like thirteen year old kind of inside of you because as you yeah. age, like you just grow but that part of you is still there so you watch Miranda experience that insecurity again and having a teenager elicit that and if you if anyone's ever worked with kids you know they can make you feel very bad very quickly <laughs> like yeah. if, and they can make you I don't know kids are very honest they can make oh you my feel gosh, bad totally especially like if they hit like a root trauma and I think Miranda probably struggled in middle school and I think she said that that she wasn't mm, that I'm cool sure. or that popular that well-liked Right. Um, so that was really fitting that Miranda was the one who got the braces in this episode, which was yeah. just such a f- classic and fantastic plot line. It's, an, it's a really iconic scene for me with Miranda. Yeah. Sure. And I think that there's actually Carrie, like, you That's know, okay. she's writing about in her column. So she's saying, like, were Jenny Breyer and her friends dressed like 30 something woman? Or were we, as in, like, Carrie and her crew, dressing like teenagers? Mm. And so that brought me to my question. Uh, which is Mm. the Carrie question. She goes, I wondered, in today's youth-obsessed culture, are the women of my generation growing into mature, responsible adults, or are we 34 going on 13? And I wanted to hear what you guys thought about 
this question because obviously we live in a different time than when this episode took place, which was like in 2000, 2001. Mm -hmm. But now we have Instagram, TikTok, like we are much more confronted with youth culture, I feel like. And um, Mm -hmm. like I've even noticed that I've bought like younger clothing. I was at it. I was at JCPenney's junior section and I brought like, like a little crop top, <laughs> but part of me was thinking, well, so this is, questions. this is in. So like, I kind of want to wear it, but it, it made me realize like, wow, I'm, but I'm like 32 going on 33 soon. Um, I just wanted to know what you, what you guys think about how that, that question translates into 2022. I know when I think about the stores I shop at, it hasn't changed much over the last decade. And no. I sometimes get worried and I get a little nervous about the things I have in my cart as I'm online shopping. Is is this like age appropriate anymore? And yeah. we're in our early to mid thirties now. And I mean, yeah, Zara, H&M, Everlane, Aritzia. I mean, there's- yeah, but Urban, I don't know anyone who shops at Urban anymore. Yeah, that's okay. fair. Now Urban makes me have a, a crisis of totally. identity. Yeah. <laughs> it's a time warp. But yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I, I sometimes don't feel like I know less and less. And Sarah and I, you and I talk about this all the time, like what to wear anymore. And I, I mean, there's a COVID element to that too. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, like yeah. We just had two years of just like stunted engagement with like self-presentation, yeah, self-presentation yeah. dressing for outside your home. Um, but yeah, it's something that I'm struggling with increasingly. Yeah. And mm. I, I think with, um, you know, especially like social media and what were the images we're presented with, we're constantly presented with images of really young looking women. And that's kind of the standard of um, like beauty and what to mm-hmm. aspire to in both like skincare, your hair, your body, right? Like I, I know for me, I'm really mourning what my body used to look like at like 20. Yeah. That's really different than 32 now. And I'm sure there's women yeah. in their fifties that feel about 30, right? I feel like it's this constant nostalgia for like what you used to be. And, and yet when I see teens online, they're kind of emulating older women. So it's like this teens try, I think it's like everyone trying to be like 25, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, maybe that's just because it's like peak fertility. It's when men like find women the most attractive. Like maybe we're all just trying to be like young 20 somethings. Cause like yeah. in on that. Age. Right. Cause 30, Teen-year-olds aren't like doing. Yeah, a lot of the kids I see online, they're really taking on very adult-like, like clothing and yeah. fashion and makeup, and it's shocking to sometimes see. And there's those great memes of like thirteen-year-olds now dancing and thirteen-year-olds me like doing oh, a dance God. routine. And I yes. will try to post something on Instagram of my old dance routines. Um, there's this girl I follow who's like thirteen or fourteen, and she does makeup really well. And I've watched her like just, I mean, she's now in puberty, but I started first all, I first started following her a few years ago when she was like probably 11. And so she's now a teenager and she was making a charcuterie board the other day. (laughs) And I was like, I don't even know what a charcuterie board was until like a few years ago. Like I didn't have any interest whatsoever in cured meats until a few years ago. And it was so odd to me that this like 13, 14 year old was doing that. But a lot of that has to do with like, you know, the the yeah. just lifestyle imagery constantly being like cycled right. through 
Yeah, social media. Yeah. And I I think Samantha touches on this where Mm -hmm. like she had a childhood and I think I feel bad for kids growing up in this day and age who have access to so many images. Mm. We as human beings mimic what we see and they're seeing everything all the time, all at once. And Mm -hmm. so it's like, it's probably really hard to create a really strong Mm -hmm. sense of an identity. Whereas I feel like we really were at the cusp of social media and sharing images online. And so we were able to really experience being young. Even if we did things that were kind of old, we still got to have an, I don't know, kind of an escape from the imagery that kids have online. Yeah. Um, But, and I think, I think there's also an element to like, yes, there's sort of like the exposure of dressing and acting and, you know, sexualizing yourself too young but also like professionally like this was the hardest year ever for kids to get into college like oh really kids are are like you know starting foundations when they're like 16 just to get into college and just do these most incredibly exceptional things and intern when they're in high school whereas I was a lifeguard and babysitting baby yeah and babysat and yeah so yeah you know Grew up, grew up quick in other ways, but definitely had a childhood. And I hope, I, I hope our kids, you know, get that experience yeah. too, and don't have all of this pressure to, to be exceptional and, you know, all of these things at such a young age and just be kids. Wait, you Gilly, you said something the other day about this, about the state of mental health for teenagers yeah. in our country. That mm-hmm. it is a fucking health crisis right now. Yeah. That you have right. teens with like skyrocketing rates of depression and anxiety, and. Like, obviously, this is connected to social media. This is like, there's no way it's not connected into like the ways in which you feel like you're failing yourself by comparison to others. And I feel like part of childhood is developing a sense of who you are in relation to the people around you. But now, like, there's millions of people they're comparing themselves to. Yeah. Um, and you don't have the tools you have as an adult to kind of feel more confident in yourself. And I, I, I just, I don't know, I feel so bad for kids. And I yeah. thought it was interesting that in 2000, Samantha was also expressing this sentiment. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the article I had sent you, Sarah, for our listeners who, if they're interested, it was New York Times article. It was called It's Life or Death, The Mental Health Crisis Among U.S. Teens. Um, and it, mm-hmm. it says depression, self-harm, and suicide are rising among American adolescents. The stats were really wild. On, in this article. Um, and uh, yeah, you, you can look at the charts if you want, because um, they have some charts in the article. But yeah, I'm, I'm really glad that I d- didn't have social media when I was like at that prepubescent developmental no, age. That like prime brain time oh in which middle school is fucking hard enough. Oh my God. I mean, we had AIM. Messenger. Yeah, that was enough. That, that was, was a lot. Those away messages were, were brutal with were red pictures. hot chili peppers and the, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Song lyrics, okay. Yeah. All of the other, you know, oh, God, cruel intentions. Like, like, so yeah. much social rejection oh, and yeah. like, yeah, it was, that was rough. Well, I but, wonder, yeah. I mean, this is like a really intense tangent but like i've been wondering lately like i wonder if we're gonna like look at this the way that we like look at like almost like asbestos or like lead paint in our homes which is like i can't believe Mm. that we allowed like kids to be on social media or we allowed like kids to have advertisements or or whatever like i wonder if in in 20 years we're gonna look at it and see look at it as like child labor almost 
um, where it's just so egregious and and unhealthy. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the fact is, like, seatbelts weren't legal. I mean, like, they weren't late to like, you didn't have to wear a seatbelt. Like, doctors yeah. were smoking in the thing. Like, like, there's definitely things we're doing now that are going to have a health impact that we're not going to understand until much later. Mm-hmm. And I do think, you know, you know how you feel if you scroll for fucking four hours on Instagram. You feel like shit. You feel brain you dead. You feel like fucking brain yeah. dead. And, it, and, and also the feeling of, like, if you've ever, like, seen friends do something. I don't really get FOMO, but, you know, sometimes it's hard to see people living a life that you don't have. And, like, imagine being, like, 13 or 14 <sighs> or 15 where your already life is already so hard because yeah. you're like becoming into your own and you it yeah. must be so hard to process these things and there's 13 year olds with the money and you know uh, sponsorships know, maybe even access sponsorship right paid partnership like, Jenny has on the show yeah you I could never live up to that like no. kind of comparison like yes I, I went to one bat mitzvah growing up yes we came from like you know a, an upper middle class town but like nothing compared to not that, that. Yeah. but if that's what you're comparing yourself to and, and being exposed to on social media, how could you ever live up to it? Well, even at the red carpet, there's this girl who's a fan, this 13 year old who's like, Jenny, I loved your half Torah portion. She's yelling like, <laughs> I like that. a crazed fan, but I'm sure it's probably similar with like these like teen influencers and stuff like that. It must be teen why. talkers. Yeah, teen talkers. Totally. Um, um, I would love to get into Carrie's plot line. Yeah, I think Carrie's plotline was super funny. And I have a question for you guys. Mm -hmm. Okay, if you go on a date with a guy, one, he takes his time. Stole my question. but You do something fun like a barcade. Mm -hmm. Questionable. So, Gilly, um, I'll have you ask this one. I'm going to ask something random. Okay. Guy on a scooter, hot or not? (laughs) Not. (laughs) Me too. I say not. (laughs) Stop not when i see grown men in the city on scooters whether it be that they took their kid to school on and they have to ride it back it's an absolute not for me i I need i need more context i just can't unsee the razor i need more context our own childhood is it electric or are they doing it themselves like this, like this guy, like he had one of those just like razor scooters. Like I grew up with a razor scooter. Everyone knows what that feels like hitting your ankle. Oh, no, like, it's just those things are ridiculous. Yeah. I would say right? definitely oh, not. Man. And I think the electric ones, yeah. like bird or whatever, lime are like even worse. Honestly, not. Yeah. Yeah. But, but to me, you've, you know, you've rented that for a few minutes to get its utilitarian point A to point B. But when it's your own possession that you are choosing to ride around the city above any other transportation method, I have questions. I remember Dakota was thinking about getting one. And I was like, you will die. Like, you won't even ride your bike with me in the city. You will die on that electric scooter. Like, those people, like, do not obey any laws of physics or traffic signs or, like, any rules. People on electric vehicles in, like, the bike lane just kill me. Anyway, lucky if they're in the bike lane half the time, those little mopeds are on the sidewalk. (laughs) That's true. So I thought this was kind of funny that he brought her to this kind of, like, Times Square date. I will say I loved that it was, like, hot summer New York. I was totally feeling that, like, oppressive heat, but it was also kind of, like, yes. You're showing skin. You're glistening. I felt that today and yesterday with the heat yes. and the humidity summer here. Is here in New like York. you, summer is officially here, mm-hmm. and it's like you can feel it. And the show 
does, even though we don't, we never know what time it is. It does do seasons well with like yeah. warm. Oh, weather. it does such a good job. And it's interesting. Yeah. I find I can't remember what this guy's name. But out of out of all of like the Carrie's love interests, like non uh, like serious ones, Wade, Wade, yeah, kind of like Wade, yeah, kind of like one off guys. Like Power he's, Lad, he's mm-hmm. definitely one of the most memorable ones. And yeah, with his double earrings and his tan. Yeah. Yeah. And like, honestly, oh, I was going to say he's so the antithesis of Aiden and big like he's such a one off. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Yeah. In a way that like a rebound really should be. Yeah. One thing that I was really taken by because I mean, I've had those experiences in my life where you just sort of give in to this to the story of guy that has picked you up. Yeah. Yeah. And just this, you know, an escape where you can just sort of also become a different version of yourself yeah, absolutely. In, in a time where you really just kind of want to leave all of the realness behind and someone who is totally out of your realm of norm for dating and typical attraction offers you that. And yeah. you know, it has a shelf life and that's what makes it even more beautiful. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't um, find that they had like much chemistry to be honest. And I didn't really find that he was even that attractive to me personally. But I did think his mother was so cute. And I really loved how they played up on this. Like Mrs. Carrie Adams. is the teenage, you know, girlfriend who's yes, coming Mrs. over Adams. for cookies. And she says, do you want to stay for dinner? Yes, this is Adams. Like, I thought that was really cute. Mm-hmm. And I think what we we just talked about, like, well, they, they don't have that much chemistry. He's not that cute. But kind of when you're younger, it doesn't really matter. It's like, hey, there's kind of a spark. you got this house. Mm-hmm. Like, socially, we're having a good time. And so it's not as nuanced. Yes. It's not as, like, um, you don't have as many needs when you're younger. Mm-hmm. So things can just be a little more simple. Yep. And uh, so I like that Carrie gets to indulge in this you know, fantasy of being a teenager again. They're smoking pot. They're hanging out. They're getting cookies made for them. Like, who doesn't want that? It's kind of fun. That's great. He lives with his parents? It's their apartment. The next day at Commune, Daddy Briar's latest restaurant, I asked Samantha about my prospects with Power Lad. Not sexy, honey. Dump him immediately. Here, use my cell phone. But it's only because he put all his money in the comic book store. So not sexy. What's his number? Because he's saving up for his own place. Come on, you know how tough the market is right now. Plus which, he's fun and funny. Honey, stop while you are still sexy. So are you saying there's no way you'd go out with a guy who lived with his family? Well, maybe Prince William. Would you ever, at your age right now... Let's say you were single. Would you ever date someone that still lived with his parents? Even if it was a great no. setup? Not sexy, honey. Break up with him immediately. Here, use my cell phone. Yep, that's what Samantha says. <laughs> yeah. So Samantha Singer. I'm a trisexual. I'll try anything once. It really would. <laughs> exactly. That is the zinger. Yeah. the zinger. That would definitely. Ha- it would have to be like, why are they at home? Like, what is it? And I know Carrie's like, well, no, he's saving up for the. He put all his money in the comic book store. That a comic book store would be a turnoff to me because I, I do not like comic books at all. Um, and I think that if let's say they. I, ooh, fuck. This is really hard. If he had amazing other mature qualities, I don't know. I mean, I guess in the light of COVID, potentially that changed out of the city. It was like, oh, that's why really nice, Zoe. You know, (laughs) I'm trying to be nice. I know, but honestly, ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the if there was a guy on an app and like. Right. Like you're so I know you're married, but let's pretend. okay? (laughs) like everything's great. And then he 
lives at home with his parents. That might be really hard. Yeah. I think it's it just. I feel like it's different for women, though. But I I am more. I'm attracted to someone who wants their own space, who wants. Yes, me too. You know, right. Make their own life, not have any rules or any. It's a hard no for me. It's hard to be sexy if you're living with your parents. Totally. And here I am living in a brownstone with my mother-in-law. Oh, my God. God. (laughs) Okay, but you're also in a Brooklyn brownstone. And it's a homeownership situation in Brooklyn. (laughs) However. We are both on the deed, okay? Yeah. 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 If it was under the same roof, you know, like in terms of like sharing space, sharing kitchen, kitchen, sharing You know, that the utilitarian areas of the of the yeah. house. No. Only only in in the aspect that they're kind of avoiding getting their own and setting yeah. that all up on their own. Like mm. I also I think it we here there's a definitely a cultural difference because I have like friends, like non-white friends who lived at home for much longer mm. and sharing spaces with family was not deemed like you're not being independent. It was more that like sharing spaces with family is is a value. Right. So Again, there would have to be a lot of factors that went into it. Um, Even a nationality this person variable, because like I know in like in Italy and in France, like the kids like live at home as long as possible. And yeah, yeah. whereas I think in America, like people are generally like booted out pretty quickly from home. So, but I, I don't know, like for me, like living in New York, if I was Carrie, like living in New York City, you know, I have I pay for my bills. I do my meal planning, uh, you know, doing all these like routine things, which we've talked about in the past, which which takes a lot of like adulting and it takes a lot of um, organizing and just responsibility. Executive and, functioning skills. Exactly. Yeah. And figuring yeah. out what makes you kind of the most like efficient, like healthy version of yourself. Seeing someone at home basically having their ass wiped is like so not not into it no right no 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 and especially in this situation when it was so clear he wasn't actually saving up like he was a fail- failure to launch yeah. situation just loving the toll house cookies oh, sounds so great. Great. come on i know <laughs> and i i love absolutely love when they get high and they put the record <gasps> on and they're that. on the roof they're eating that chicken we've been singing <gasps> hot child in the city such a great song and they really do kind of capture youth really well and just like really indulging in like like food and music and just like being really present and i love in the end where um you know, Wade really does act like a child. The mom comes home and he's freaking out because he's high. And he's like, if my mom catches me smoking pot again yep. in here, she's going to kick me out. So the mom is like, oh, were you smoking pot? Marijuana? And then he says, it was Carrie's. Marijuana. Yeah. And he blames Carrie. And she has that moment right. where she's like, she goes, yes, Mrs. Adams, I brought the marijuana into the house. And she looks up and she's like, I'm taking it with me when I go. Yeah, and I she grabs it. It's a, another iconic moment. You're home. Early. Hi. Is that marijuana I smell? No. No, no, no God, no. Then what is this? Your father and I told you if you ever brought marijuana into this house again. Carrie brought it. Then you, this actually leads me to my favorite line in the episode. And she 
is at back at her apartment. She's mm. with her girlfriends. They're smoking, they're eating. And she says, in the end, I decided I was definitely 34 going on 35, but in a city like New York with its pace and its pressures, sometimes it's important to have a 13 year old moment to remember a simpler time when the best thing in life was just hanging out, listening to records and yes. having fun with your friends in your very own apartment. Oh, I love and that. My God, was that so fucking accurate. <sighs> so good. Um, in New York, I know when I first moved here, I did feel like a teenage adult. You get the joys of just being in a city that's kind of like a playground in a lot of ways with like alcohol and money. And it's, yeah. So I thought that was a really great way to end the episode um, and kind of finding that balance. Oh, yeah. I loved seeing the girls just giggle and like, you know, I think uh, Miranda or Samantha falls off the chair and they're just laughing their butts off. Like, I, yeah. I also loved watching Carrie and Wade have that like KFC chicken wing and hose fight. Like that reminds me of like being actually shout out to Probably college. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say shout out to one of our roommates, Mary from college. I have this memory sophomore year where we got really high and I was chasing Mary with one of those like pirouette like you know those like vanilla wafer pirouettes oh yeah <laughs> and I was just yeah. on our landing of our apartment I was just chasing it with her like pretending I was gonna hit her with a pirouette <laughs> and we were laughing so hard we oh, thought it was okay. so funny <laughs> but it's so stupid and so I really loved that I don't know yeah like that yeah. childish kind of giggly type of you know plot yeah. point yeah, there was something there was something about like Samantha being the one to like light the joint. Yeah, it was just like such a good scene the way they filmed it. I loved it. But I also thought it was interesting that Charlotte wasn't there. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah. she's funny. married. In, but, I mean, sometimes there's friends you don't invite. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a little bit of an ancient scroll how they treat weed in the episode, because mm. I, th- I feel like weed is, is actually so much more common. These so prevalent like, yeah. legal. Like his mom probably wouldn't have reacted with the same level of like, yeah, you know, as, as she did. But like, of course, my, that's exactly how my parents would have reacted, like when this filmed. Yeah. But it is it's such a more I mean, I think my, my parents smoke here and there. Like, it's, yeah. it's so much more commonplace. But still, yeah, I think that's true. I, I but think that could be an ancient scroll. A, yeah. yeah. Um, the my ancient scroll is when Miranda, which we I would love to get into Miranda's plot line. Um, is telling the girls that she's uh, been trying to diagnose herself on the internet. And Charlotte goes, you can do that? And it cracks me up because yes. maybe we should be doing less of that now in the age of COVID. Yeah. Um, the mm. fact that that was so I new mean, to Google your symptoms is like hilarious. I don't know. So true. I mean, yeah, now we have like apps for that. I mean, WebMD, my God, like how many times I've been on there and I don't do the symptom checker anymore. I used to do that a lot. Um, now I kind of just know that it's probably because I just didn't drink enough water that day. You know, like it's nothing. It's I not cancer. Sometimes <laughs> I had too much espresso and not yeah. enough water. But no, I think like Googling your symptoms, like my God, the worst thing that could have happened to hypochondriac. So oh. great call out of an ancient scroll. Yes, really they were, and like we're going to get a lot of those with technology as, yeah. this, as the episodes proceed. Mm-hmm. Um, but OK, so Miranda's plot line is one of my favorite. I love, you know, Miranda is a 34-year-old tongue thruster. So her orthodontist suggests that she wears braces for a year. And I asked, we actually were at the concert. I was in this position one time and I said, hard no at 25. Yeah, I was 25. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 
I had TMJ. There's no line now. There yeah. is. And you want my okay. friend, um, Cassie. Cassie got braces for a year. The thing is, Cassie is so goddamn beautiful mm-hmm. that like braces cannot stop her shine. Like she truly is so stunning that like mm-hmm. it was just kind of like part of her smile. But it really does take a lot of courage when you're older. And it's why they've come out with Invisalign and all of these products because so many adults need their teeth fixed. Yeah. So many adults need it. Yeah. I don't know. My sister did Invisalign, looked incredible. My mom did it too. Oh, I know so many people have done Invisalign in the past five years. Yeah, maybe an ancient scroll is giving a 34-year-old braces. Right, it would never happen Okay, so at the concert the other night, I asked Zoe this and I was like, Zoe, like like, kind of like how much would someone have to pay you Mm -hmm. or like what would you do? I it's just so hard to answer. It's like I I would want to come out of that out of this time with braces, like looking like Margot Robbie. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, do the braces come with veneers? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Right? What do I get out of this? But it would have to be, a, I think, a lot of money. Just I'm, I'm trying to think of like, you know, different incentivizing my life, you know, like. Right. A work meeting or, you know, meeting a group of people for the first time, going to a wedding. Like, I think I'd hide, like, I <laughs> wish I had more self-confidence, but I think it would be hard to get over. I mean, now, now you can just, just wear a mask. Like, right. Yeah. Maybe. So. COVID very, was great for adults with braces. I died at Miranda's oh, yeah, yeah. I, I died at Miranda. She, you know, she's in her work meeting and she, there she sees two of the male colleagues giggling. And I love that. She's just so in her own head that she assumes they're laughing at her and her braces and she's like i think we're all adults here she's like i know that you're laughing at my braces and they're like actually hobbs we're laughing at the typo on page two (laughs) and i felt like that's so mortified response would be yeah yeah regression there i i think what's the best scene is when she's on the date with the guy who like um this actually leads me to my oh character. my god I just thought of one Ooh, nice. um nice. so you know Miranda goes on the date with this guy <laughs> that Carrie had Carrie tracked given Miranda's number two in the cap the adult cafeteria they're eating lunch with I just thought that would like make me feel uncomfortable but I know Carrie was just having fun yeah so Miranda's on the date and she eats food and it's just like all in her braces and she Miranda Cynthia Nixon plays this so well just to like recovering up and then he was talking about something like maybe like a blow job with those yeah and, and then she's like the doctor said it's okay she's, like, <laughs> she's being so sweet and she's trying to everyone knows that braces cover up or you're covering your teeth and just I don't know it was so cute oh my god so What's it like to uh, kiss somebody with those things? The doctor said it should be fine. <sighs> but a blowjob's out of the question, right? <laughs> oh, I was kidding. That was that, that was a joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> He's like, I guess a blowjob's out of the question. <laughs> yes, that's the line. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. Um, I, you know oh what? Like, I kind of hate that the writers did this. Like, this is another like strike of they always like fuck with Miranda. They always do the oh, most yeah. humiliating, like desexualizing things to her. I <laughs> know this would have never happened to any of the other characters. <laughs> no, you know? no, I would have loved to Miranda see it on Carrie like, though. <laughs> Oh God! Can you imagine? She wouldn't do it, and like she wouldn't have gone outside. No, no. Honestly, if there was anything that would trump Carrie's constant talking about Big, it would be Carrie constantly complaining that she was wearing braces. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh my gosh. I just thought it was, yeah. I mean, I, I think Miranda is a dumping ground for a lot of the, <laughs> like, the insecurities yeah. of, like, in, in, in these plots and the dumping ground. And, um, but I love that she got them off in the end. She's like, she's just going to be a tongue thruster. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that was a great episode overall. It was. Pretty solid. God, did we cover? I think we covered every plot. I think we covered it all. Yeah. I would love to know, Zoe, what your favorite fashion was this episode, because there were some fun looks. Oh, my God. She's fashion roadkill. Ooh, yes. So, I mean, I have to call out just a horrendous fashion choice, which was Carrie in that cafeteria. Oh, oh, yeah. What was going on? It was was like like psychedelic pajamas. And then just raided her closet (laughs) between the tie dye pants and the floral top and the blue bandana. Oh, my God. Yeah. That was tough to look at. That was Um, bad. It was bad. But then. I really it, so actually in that same scene I thought Charlotte looked beautiful yes. in a simple black dress. Yes. Open back the hair. Like Natural whenever they hair, do that yeah. to Charlotte's mm. hair, like I think at her little like bachelorette party. Like a little wave. Her yeah. wedding a few episodes ago. Yeah, a little wave, volume, natural, looks stunning. And then Samantha at the bat mitzvah when she was checking people mm. in, that big chunky necklace. Like I think like Lanvin mm. does does necklaces like that. I didn't mm-hmm. check if that was actually, but then she had this sort of um structured black dress on and big gold earrings. She's looked amazing. Yeah. I mean, just like such a power, you know, that's exactly it. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think mine were the, uh, I loved Carrie's shorts this episode. I find shorts very hard to wear. Yeah. I have been searching for a good pair of shorts for a long time. And Carrie pulls out because of her size and her body. Yes. Yeah. But I loved those. those, It's very in style now. Kind of the Bermuda longer short with like a lower rise, a little Mm. loose on the roof. Yeah. It's kind of sometimes she'll wear simple things. Like she'll do casual kind of well. Yeah. Um, But what, what, what do you have, Gilly? Oh, I loved Miranda's like tough chick look where she had these like orange silk billowy pants and that like matched her hair and then like a white tank top and then she had this like wooden like beaded kind of like Aiden-esque bracelet and I just like love that like tough look and her hair was a little spiky that's right walking yeah she's talking about the braces yeah I mean yeah oh god and she actually in the cafeteria scene she's wearing this like seafoam green suit as well that's sort of like oversized mm-hmm. in a way that I think is actually very trendy now. Very. So, Menswear. Yeah. She yeah. Had some good looks. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Um, what are we rating this? Zoe, you want to take it away? Yeah. You're our guest. I had a religious experience at Manolo Blahnik. I always go first. Yeah. All right. I go back and forth. Okay. I gave it a... Don't worry, you can always I'm change gonna it. I'm going to be like, yeah, something. I feel like I'm going to be fair weather here. But That's fine. I, I gave it a four, which I actually think is maybe a little low after, like, we just had such a good conversation to mm-hmm. apart all of the different plot lines. So I think I'm actually, I'm going to raise it to a 4.5. Solid. Right now, before yeah. I even hear yours. Yeah, I think <laughs> after a discussion, I mean, right. that's where I'm at. I'm at a 4.5, Gilly. 4.25 um, over here, because that, that last yeah. 0.75 is like, I can tell that we're waiting for kind of more deeper romantic plot lines for both Miranda and Carrie to come through. So I yeah. want to see those yeah. come back. Really fair. I like yeah. That. Um, next week we have episode 16, Frenemies. 
And it's when Carrie attempts to teach a seminar on dating. And it's great. Oh, wow. I'm excited. Yeah, it's, it's a good one. And Miranda has like an absurd date that ends kind of in a funny way. Um, yeah. Well, so thank you so thank much, you so much Zoe. Thank you both. This was amazing. I yeah. love every minute. We loved having you on. So, Zoe has an awesome husband, Corey. We're in the same book club, Zoe, Corey, mm-hmm. and I, and some other friends, and our data scientist, Jason. And so we're really hoping we get Corey on. I at would some love point. That. But does Corey watch it? But he has sisters. He watches it through osmosis from me. Yes. I, I, it's like my go-to. Whenever, I, whenever I'm packing for a trip, I put on Second yes. City. Oh, yes. He's, he has sisters. He's probably seen every episode multiple times without even realizing it. And because he has sisters, he has one full sister, one half sister, and two stepsisters. He is a very emotionally intelligent and yes. in tune yes. guy. And I think yes. he will actually be a very good guest, but... I told him I had to be first and then Absolutely. he would have love this opportunity. Absolutely. And I also love that he loves romantic comedies. Loves, loves them. So I think he's <laughs> oh probably every romantic comedy, the good, the it's, bad, and the ugly of the romantic comedies. And it's, it's so hilarious. It's very endearing and he'll be it a great is. guest. But mm-hmm. we're so glad that you came on. Thank you. Um, so yeah, everybody. Well, we'll see you next week. Bye, Rebecca's. Bye, our little schooners. <laughs> Bye, chamomile. <laughs> Bye, schooners. <laughs> Chocolate snarfish. <laughs>